Hello, and welcome to the podcast of the Central Church of God, located at 5120 Central Avenue, Portage, Indiana. Here, you can listen to Sunday service by Pastor Robert Sluter. If you have questions, prayer requests, or want more information about our church, please feel free to contact Pastor Robert at 219-963-8496. Praise the Lord. Bless the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Do you believe he's alive? Let me hear you give that shout. He's alive. Hallelujah. He's alive. He's the risen king and he's alive. And we worship his holy name. We thank you, Lord, for this praise team. We thank you, Lord, for these men who are willing to serve you with worship. And, Lord, we give you honor and praise right now. We lift up the word that goes forth out of my mouth, Lord. Let it be your word. Let it be a clear sound, Lord. Let let me out of your way and you have your reign, Lord. We're your children. This is your house, Lord. We're your body. We give you all the honor and glory, Jesus. You are a welcome guest here, Holy Spirit. We need you. We need you to rain down in each one of our lives, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you died and rose from the dead, and you're alive today. We serve the risen King this day. We bow our hearts to you, O God, in worship and adoration, for we are here because of you. Amen? Amen. Thank you, team. Hey, one that's my size. Praise the Lord. It's good to be in God's house. Um, Sister Leona has a fractured uh, C2 lumbar in L2, not C, L2, thank you. And um, we want to pray for her right now. She'll get her plan, what the doctors are going to do tomorrow, Vicki. I talked with her on the phone before church. Um, So we just want to pray for her, okay? Father, we just lift up Leona to you. 
The pain that she was in, Lord, was excruciating, and we know that you are the healer. So we send forth your word that by your stripes, her back and fracture is healed in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask that you would just be with her. She's in good spirits, and I pray, Lord, that you make her a light and a witness because she has just been sharing the goodness of God, and we just thank you for our sister. We speak healing over her in Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, strengthen her daughter also who is with her. We just give you thanks and praise for both Leona and Vicki. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, it's good to get to preach today. And I thank the Lord that, for the opportunity. I want to talk to you about faith and expectations. I doubt that I'll stay up here. But, you know, what are expectations? You can see it up there. Expectations are a strong, can you give me that please, are a strong not, belief that something will happen or in the case, in the future it'll happen. But our expectations can influence us, whether they're good or bad. Can I have that picture please? I, w I wanted to show you something because I'm talking today about faith and our walk of faith. And this is a picture. Hopefully it will stay right here. Maybe not. As long as I don't move it. This is a picture of a garden. It's a home interiors picture that I got after 9-11 happened. I was uh, poor then, very poor, and uh, I would have home interior parties when my friends would sell it so that I could get decorations. And I really loved this picture. I mean, it just symbolizes to me the walk in the garden with the Lord, like that song. Arthur asked me if I had a favorite hymn, and that is my favorite hymn, because I like to get alone with the Lord. That's where you get rejuvenated, in his presence. When you're sitting with the word of God, the living word of God, Jesus, with his written word, and you spend time alone with him, even if it's a minute, you're alone with him. A minute with him and his manifested presence is like an eternity. And I love that. But anyways, I was telling the Lord, I would, I would like to get that picture. If I sold enough, I'd get it. Well, the lady who came to do the um, home, this was in 2001, did the um, party. Some of you men don't probably have gone to one of them, but you know they bring all kinds of home interior decorations. So anyway, she, she brought all this country stuff, and I had more traditional, and this was the only traditional picture she bought, brought. So that was a sign from the Lord to me that he was going to sell enough, and I could, I could have it. And it made me weep because 9-11 had just happened, which is tomorrow. You know, a, a tragedy beyond tragedies. Thousands of people, not just Americans, thousands of people died in those towers. And our father cared enough about me in Indiana to give me a picture that symbolizes a walk with him. That, that's how much God cares. I mean, when thousands of people die, and it was horrible. I'm, I was born in New York. Um, it's horrible what happened, but to think that the Lord of glory cares about every need we have, that he would care enough 
in our, my faith walk to provide a home interior picture. So I can't get rid of that because that shows me how much, just, it's just a symbolism of how much God cares. So when you're weak in your walk with God, he'll show you tangible ways that he cares. So I want to talk about expectations in our faith walk. Our expectations can influence us. So what we expect must be grounded in God's word. I knew that God cared for me. I didn't know 100% that he would bring that to the party. I didn't even ask for that. And then there it was. So God shows us ways he cares. And our expectations need to be grounded in his word so when we don't see the immediate signs of what we're believing for, they're grounded in truth. So our walk with God consists of belief, confession, and actions. So we're going to turn to Hebrews 11. Because what is faith? Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So if you can see it, you don't need faith for it, right? If, if you got it, you don't have to have faith for it because you got it. It's the substance of things unseen. We don't, we don't see it. But we know the one who's the provision. And your eyes are on him and not the thing. When we get our eyes on situations and people and things, oy, come on. Did you ever get your eyes off the Lord and on the people? That messes you up. Because then the enemy comes in and torments your mind, making you think negative thoughts about the situation and how is it going to work, and then it pulls you into worry and fear and, and doubt and unbelief. And, but when you're grounded in the word and you're praying God's word over situations, you can take your hands off. Because, see, if your hands are in it, you're not trusting God. You take your hands off and let God move. And when we do that, oh boy, God moves. Might not be in your timing, but it's always in his perfect timing. We found that out with moving. <laughs> I thought I was going to talk a lot about the move, but the Lord told me it's going in a different direction. But, you know, when we put our house on the market, everyone was like, oh, it's going to sell quick. It did not. It did not. And our expectation was everybody was saying, oh, your house is going to sell fast. It did not. Two months. Two months. We had to show that house. Two weeks of the two months, nobody came for a showing. And then as we lowered it, and it was still all God because I was praying for a cash buyer because my daughter was a realtor before. She's not now. And she said, you need cash buyer, Mom. I'm like, okay. So I prayed for a cash buyer. Had I known it would take two months to get the cash buyer, I might not have prayed that. But I did. And at the midnight hour, God came through. And he came through. I'm going to tell a little bit more later, but he did come through, and we moved. And I thank everybody. Benjamin's here. He helped us. Amy. Um, Randy, all of you people, Tanya, I mean, there was tons of people who helped, people who packed us up, who unpacked us, and we just thank God for that. He took care of every need. 
So now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. God framed the world by the word of his mouth. He spoke it into being. He said it's not good that man should be alone. And so he created Eve. He spoke that. It should not be, he's not good that he's alone. We need each other. He framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. It's important to remember in faith walk, you don't see it before you get it. But your faith is in the one who gives it. If I don't say anything else, that's important. Because your faith is in the provision of the provider, not in what you see. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained a witness that he was righteous. They both knew how to sacrifice. They both knew the offering. Doesn't say that in here, but Abel knew by faith to offer to God that sacrifice. Cain did it his way. Doing it our way? Anybody done it your way? How does that work for you? It doesn't work for you. <laughs> Take it from one who has tried. It does not work for you. If God's in it, it works. And sometimes even when God's in it, he'll let you go through the testings. We'll get into that. So God testifying of his gifts and through it, he being dead, still speaks. His blood still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. Now that's a way to get beamed up, right? <laughs> For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. I want to hear, well done, thou faithful servant. Those, that's what I want to hear. I just want to hear those words, well done, that what he gave me to do, I was obedient and did it by faith, because it's faith that pleases God, not your good works. Amen? Amen? So here we go. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes must to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. As believers, our faith walk starts by believing God exists. That he truly, you believe he exists more than you believe the person sitting next to you is alive. He's that real. The spiritual realm is more real than this physical realm. This physical realm will deteriorate. The spiritual realm is for eternity. And that's, God is in eternity. He dwells with us and he's in eternity. And we go with him when we are a child of God. When we have believed in our heart and confessed with our mouth, Jesus Lord, we're, we're going to spend eternity in heaven with him. Amen. So as believers, believing God means you know he exists. The Concise Bible Dictionary says faith means belief, confidence, trust, and reliance. Where's your reliance today? 
Are you relying on, you know, the stock market, your pension, your family? Are you relying on God to use those things to meet your needs? Because that's what we need to do. Have you given your children to the Lord? And do you run up and take them back? That causes us to worry and fret. When we give God a situation, we need to leave it at his feet. Because truly, he loves them more than we do. Only God can move in situations that we don't know all the avenues of. Amen? Quiet. Belief, confidence, trust, and reliance in the Bible. Religious faith is life-shaping attitude toward God. It shapes your life. Amen? The person with faith considers God's revelation of himself, and here it is, and of the truth to be certain and sure. It's certain and sure. It's not wishy-washy. It's not unstable. Our God is more stable than any human being. And he's fixed. He's high, but he comes to his people. Amen? He's here today. And for every need that we have, he meets those needs. And in our faith walk, there's, it consists of three things. Belief and then confession. And we're going to see it in the word because it's not, you know, it's not like positivity. It's kind of a new age thing. You be positive all the time. That's not what the Bible says. If you're hurting, we need to know so we can pray for you. Positivity is, is okay, but that's man's idea. Speaking the word is truth. Speaking truth into the situation. You know, it's not, a, it's not a sin if you're afraid. Tell someone so they can pray with you. It's not, it's not a problem if you're hurting to tell someone, I hurt. Linda said that on Wednesday. She did a great job. If you're hurting, we don't, you know, unless we can read your mind, we don't know. So you tell your sisters and brothers, to, and you get prayer. That's how we connect with one another. That's how we give to one another. Through prayer. Amen? So the person with faith then responds, I, I love to know what words mean. It's probably the teacher in me, but I, I love to know what word, words mean. Now by faith, verse 7, and it's not up there, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear. Can you imagine? There's no rain. None at all. Just dew in the morning, the ground's wet. That's how it gets watered. No rain. And then God speaks to you and says, I want you to build an ark. It's going to rain. First, got to figure out what rain is. So you had probably asked, like, what is that? You know, the heavens are going to open and pour forth water. So build this, and this is how you do it. Amen. It took 120 years to build that ark. That's a faith walk. Not only did it take 120 years to build it, he had people mocking him. Persecution. 
Ah, it doesn't rain. It's never rained. What are you doing? You know, that's foolish because they didn't hear from God. They wanted to live in their own wickedness. But Noah was righteous in God's eyes, and he preserved him and his family and built that ark. So he prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he can condemn the world and became heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. In Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, it says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded, these are the cloud of witnesses, some of these people. Let us lay aside every weight and every sin that so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance. Now, I've never run. I'm just going to say ridden, run. I've never ran. Even as a child, I had the, the disability, so I couldn't run. But I know to endure. So whether you're running or you're walking, you're enduring. And that's our walk. We endure. Endure the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That's where your faith comes from. The author and finisher of our faith. Not only is the author of it, we have his, his faith in us, a deposit of his faith. So you can't say, oh, I don't have any faith. Yes, you do. You have Jesus' faith right in you. Because he said, greater works will we do. Why will we do them? Because his faith is within us. And his presence goes with us wherever we go. So when we go to touch someone who needs comfort, it's the Lord through us. I mean, I can't heal a fly. But the Lord can raise the dead. And he will use your words as you speak to comfort, to raise a life, to heal, to Bind up a broken heart. Amen? So he's the author and finisher, which means he sees it to the end. He's alive. He's at the right hand of the Father. He's praying for you, and he's seeing it till it's finished. You're not going out without it finished. The Lord's doing it. So you can rely on him and rest in him because your faith, your belief is in him not you, and what you can do. Amen? I'm getting exercise today. Praise the Lord, my leg goes up and down. So second, our faith walk consists of belief and confession of faith. Now years ago, I heard it wrongly that you just say whatever you want. You know, we all know what that is. That's not truth. You say according to the word what God puts on your heart, what's a rhema. What God spoke to you is what's going, and you apply the word to it. It's not just anything you say. People are going around claiming cars and stuff. That's goofy. God's not goofy. God provides cars. He got me one. Um, when I had no money, someone gave me a car, and the Lord had me look out on the parking lot of my apartment, and I would speak over it and ask the Lord for a car. And one day I heard the Spirit say, what color? I'm like, what color? Does it matter? It mattered to him. I said, green. Within two weeks, I had a green Taurus. 
So God was teaching me about faith, declaring it, speaking his word. I had a car, it broke down, I couldn't fix it, it was dead. You know, the car, they don't last forever. But the Lord provided. But it took me saying when he asked, what color? I spoke it. You have to, we get saved not just by believing in our heart, we have to confess it with our mouth. That's in Romans, Romans 10. I'm going to jump there. It's not, it's not, there's no tile for it, but I'm going to go there because um, if you're online and you've never asked Jesus into your life, now's the opportunity because he died, as we sang, he died so that we could have life and life abundantly. Romans 10, uh, starting at... Uh, Verse 8, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So that's why when someone gives an altar call, they have you come up. Because it's not just believing and sitting, it's confessing. So when you come up, you're saying, yes, I believe Jesus rose from the dead. I want him in my life. That's confessing. Amen? So it says here in Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Jesus is our hope. He's where your hope should be, in him. No matter what you're facing, no matter what your job is, no matter what your home life is, it's about the Lord. He's your hope. And he can change a situation in the twinkling of an eye. Now, Abraham is a good example, but I want to tell you what the Greek word for confession means. It means to speak out of, to say the same thing or to agree with. So confession is an act of agreement. So when you speak out, you're agreeing with God's word. Amen? I mean, when you pray, you want to agree with God's word and place your faith in the word. Am I making this understandable? Because you can pray and ask for all kinds of things, but if you don't have faith behind it, faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. So as you're in the word daily, you're absorbing and feeding your faith so that when you are facing situations and you pray, you can, the spirit of God will quicken you with a scripture. Amen? You can shout at me. So confessing is in, your confession is an agreement with your belief of what God's word says. So if you don't really believe what God's word says, you're not going to speak it. Because you, you're doubting. And we know what happens when we start doubting. It, like the waves can knock you over. Amen? Doubting will wear you out. 
Abraham is a good example of a faith confession. So you can go to Genesis 22. Because this is the, you know, Abraham is the father of faith. And he had to do something that none of us, thankfully, have been asked to do. So God tells Abraham, he's testing him, because God does test you. He doesn't tempt you, but he will test your faith. He tells him to take his son, verse 2, your only son, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So what does Abraham do? He rises up early and he, and he takes his one and only son with him, Isaac. He took some, men, some young men with him. He split the wood for the burnt offering and he went to the place. And Abraham said to these young men in verse 5, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. What is that? That's a confession of faith. The lad and I are going to go worship, and we will come back to you. Because Abraham knew God promised him a son. God is faithful to his promises. So he knew, he didn't know how God was going to do it, but he knew the son was coming back with him. And that's what we can do. We can speak the truth of God's word. Because God's promise all his promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. These are, these are scriptures you grab a hold of and realize. So he speaks it. The lad and I will come back. So he takes him up on the mountain to offer him as a burnt offering, and Isaac questions his father. Here's faith confession again. You know, can you imagine? It doesn't say how old his son was, but he's like, hey, Dad, you know, where's the lamb? <laughs> right? I'm ad-libbing here. Um, so he says, where is it? Verse 8. Let me get there. Because I ad-libbed it. Um, he says, look. The fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for a burnt offering? He's asking his father, where is it? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them then went together. So once again, Abraham confessed that God will provide the lamb. Now we know the lamb was provided the Lamb of God was provided for us. The Lamb that day was provided, and that's where we get Jehovah Jireh. God provides. So God declared who he was. But once again, Abraham confessed the truth. My son, God will provide. We need to be the same way. Because he still had to tie him up. Come on. He had to tie him up. He had to put the wood under the altar. Tie the boy up, put him on, on, and he was with a knife in his hand to sacrifice. And the angel of the Lord, which is Jesus, some believe, I do, said, stop, 
Do not harm the child. I now know you love God the most. So his love was being tested because sometimes when we get something from the Lord, we become like it's ours. Everything we have belongs to God. And when you let it go through you like we did with those envelopes, you learn that what God provides, we can give out. But he still was tested. He never, he never wavered. He only spoke what he believed of God. He knew God was faithful to his promise. Do you know today God is faithful to his promises? He's faithful to the promises to heal. Whether it's miraculously or medically, God heals. He's faithful to meet you when you're sad with comfort. He's faithful to meet you when you're brokenhearted and you've been through something. He's there to bind up those wounds and heal. He's faithful. Amen? Our faith walk consists of faith actions. Developing faith is a journey in and through the presence of the word because Jesus is the living word. The presence of the word of God, when you get alone with him and you spend time in the presence of the Lord, you're taking on that countenance. You're taking on that strength. But you're also giving adoration. It's a two-way thing. If you just go to God with all your, all your prayer, blah, 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 blah. That's why I like that silence and solitude we did, because I'm going to have to close my mouth, because I can talk. I like to talk. <laughs> but we have to be quiet so we can hear. Amen? Faith comes from hearing and hearing the word, but to walk by faith is not sight, which I've already said, it's belief and then the confessions of faith. And it's not flippant. It's not, it's not like, um, oh, what's that? It's not like you just, you know, God's going to do it. It's from the, the rhema word where God has spoken to you about the situation. If you have situations right now and you have not heard from the Lord, get alone with him and let him speak to you about it. It might be one little word, but he will give you that word, and then he will quicken you a scripture because God confirms his word, and the angels respond to the word of God. So when you have that rhema word from the Lord, then you can begin to speak the faith that you have in God and his word and then walk out whatever it is you have to do because faith without actions is dead. There is a faith walk. Abraham had to tie him up. That had to, that had to hurt to do. I remember when my granddaughter was born with a severe cleft lip and palate and her arms were restrained because they, when they did surgery, they knew a six-month-old baby would just pull it. So we had to tie her up. It broke our heart. You know, it would break your heart when, even if you put little mittens on her, it was going right in her mouth. 
and for her own protection. So that was tough. I can't imagine building an altar and having to raise a knife. But it showed through his actions, his love was greater for God than his son. If we put our children, and we have three daughters, not together, but we, you know, they're ours, and you put your children up here, don't get in the mix and try to fix them. You got to give them to God. And you got to do what God tells you to do. If God tells you to say something, then you do. If God tells you to be quiet, then you be quiet. And just keep speaking the word over them in your prayers. Because as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. They're God's. So our actions are following the word. We can go to the next slide. I'm going to stay down here for a minute. Our faith is tested, and the testing of your faith is God's way of purifying it. Don't you love it when it's purified in the fire? Come on, you're all shaking your head. Yeah, nobody likes that. I'm sure Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't really look forward to getting thrown in, but their profession of God Their faith in God is why they were thrown in. And the men who threw them in were burned up. But who was in the fire with them? Jesus was in the fire with them. Walking around, probably telling them the plan. And then the king calls them out, and they come out. Only three came out. That's faith. Daniel, he didn't stop praying when he was told not to, not to pray to the Most High God. He opened up his windows, defied the king because his love for God was greater. So what, is, what happens to him? He gets thrown into a lion's den. Anybody felt like you'd been in a lion's den, chewed up? But he wasn't chewed up because his faith was in God. He walked around in the lion's den. And when they looked in, the lions are sleeping. I'm ad-libbing now. The lions are sleeping, and Daniel's just waiting for the door to open, so to speak. That's faith in God. And his faith and commitment to God was greater because if he would have been eaten, it was better to be eaten than to defy the king of kings and negate his belief in the Lord. Go to James 2. Is it 2 up there? I I might have said the wrong one. James 2. We're not going to read all of it. We're going to go to um, verse 26, says, For the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So I want to tell you, you know, doubt will come in and you'll start questioning sometimes as you're growing in faith and trusting God. When we were, when the house was on the market for going into, the builder gave us one month, because it was a spec house, it was a, model home. It was new, it's new. And then he extended the time. 
because, you know, we didn't have an offer. And then we lowered and lowered. And then at the midnight hour on Friday, the I think it was the 9th of August, um, Julie got a call from a couple. They wanted her to sell the house, and they were looking for a house that she, they described our house. So she was our realtor, and she told them that, you know, it's unusual for the realtor to be for the buyer and the seller, but do you want to see this house? So they came, and they made a cash offer. So there's one prayer answered. And then when everything was signed, we were told that the builder was putting our house back on the market on Saturday. So right at the midnight hour. But the beginning of that week, Roger and I, and here's where faith and expectations get in, in, in kind of fed off each other's flesh. And we were murmuring and complaining to each other and getting angry because everybody that came to see the house were making comments, you know. And we have cameras, so we heard the comments. And our flesh was starting to get aggravated because we love our house. Well, we did love that house. But we were driving. I don't know why we were coming to the church for something, pick up your symbols or something. And um, Roger was like, if we don't have an offer by 6 o'clock, it was Monday that week, we're calling Julie and we're taking it off the market. I'm like, oh, okay. And then as we're coming closer to the church, I'm like, you know, I really feel like we're in the flesh. And we should not make a decision in the flesh. So we didn't. So we said, okay, we're not going to do that. We'll, we'll continue. And that Friday is when that offer came. But had we stayed in an expectation and an aggravation, we would have negated the blessing that God had for us. So you have to... You have to be careful what you actually are confessing. Because we, you know, family members, we can always ping-pong off each other. You know, one's aggravated, the other one gets aggravated, and then you start talking about it, and then you're both aggravated, and it, nobody's getting joy in that. So thankfully, the Lord put it on my heart to say, we don't want to make a decision in the flesh. Because you don't. Anger, the Bible says, be angry and sin not. If you're angry, it's not a sin. It's what you're doing with it that makes it a sin. The initial anger is a warning something's wrong. It's what we humans do with it that makes it sin. We usually take it overboard or take it out on someone. But it's like a, do you ever see, a, what's the name of that? Will Rogers, the warning Will Rogers, the, the, like R2-D2 type thing, robot, warning, warning. That's what anger is, an under, is, a, is a warning flag that something's wrong. Find out what's wrong. That gets you under it so that you're no longer, something's going on. You're either afraid or you're frustrated or something hurt or something. So there's just a little side note. So the Bible tells us that our faith is going to be tested in James 1, chapter, two, or chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Who here gets all happy and says, Praise the Lord, I've got another trial? <laughs> I never have. <laughs> Might want to try that one, huh? 
knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Why do we want patience? Let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, and lacking nothing. So the testing of your faith is to build patience. And when patience has its full work in you, you're mature and complete. How many here want to be immature? We want to be complete. And, you know, the testings go. Some of us are older. Some of us are younger. You have them all through your life, even when you're in your 80s maybe 90s, I don't know how old everyone is, but you have testings of faith because God is always purifying it so that when you get there, like Charlene, you're going to hear, well done, my faithful servant. Amen. So I had to add this tile because what stops our faith? Walk. Sin, unbelief, fear, Good old-fashioned flesh was aggravating Roger and I. There's more, but those were four I thought of. The neat thing is, is when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So I put it up there. Then repent, ask God to forgive, and keep going. Don't stop. Don't let the enemy tell you to beat yourself up. You're a human being. We make mistakes. God forgives. And then you keep going. Sounds simple, doesn't it? So it's belief. If you've never asked, I'm gonna, if you've never asked Jesus Christ into your heart, that's where it starts. That's the faith you get because he's the author of our faith and he's the finisher of it. So you get that deposit. So we're going to bow our heads and you can stand up if you want. Thank you, Lord. Father, we do thank you that you have every situation in your hands. And my prayer is, Lord, if there is one listening to me online or even in this room, if they do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior, if they have never asked you to forgive them of their sins, or to come into their life, I pray they do that now. So if you've never done that, please raise your hand and we'll pray with you because that's where it starts. And then you have it sealed in eternity, a place in heaven. And that's where you want to be. You don't want to go to hell. Hell is not like Halloween describes. It is a torturous burning fire. It is not meant for mankind. It's meant for the devil. But he tries to take us with. And when you are a child of God, you're not going there. So, Father, I just pray now that those who know you will continue to walk in your word by your grace and your strength, that you would refine each one of our lives so that we come forth purified as gold and we hear, well done, thou faithful servant. Thank you, Lord. Do we have a song for the altar call? Come up.
So I'm going to open up the altar, and if, you're, if you've been struggling in your walk, you don't need me to lay hands on you. You need to come up and talk to Jesus. If looking at this picture lets you know God cares when there was such a tragedy, understand that God cares whatever you're going through, that he has every answer you, ha- you need. We may not always know the right words to say, but our Heavenly Father knows every situation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And if you need prayer for something, you're more than welcome to come up. We will pray with you and we will agree with you.
Thank you, Lord. Let's end with Psalm 19, verse 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Be at peace. Have a good day. God bless.